Welcome to the Maristeps program. We're developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six Maristeps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. Coming to you live from Facebook, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on weekdays. For more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. The announcement for tonight as some of you may know, I've created a free marriage survival guide for couples during the quarantine. Um, and you can access that at my website. Just go to drwyattfisher.com. You'll see the link for it at the top. And it's called Marriage Survival Guide Quarantined. Okay, the first marriage fact of the night. Over 50% of first marriages end in divorce. 67% of second marriages end in divorce and nearly 74% of third marriages end in divorce. Those are high statistics. And maybe you've heard those before, but the more you get married, the more likely you're gonna get a divorce is what this says. And it makes sense for two reasons. The one reason this makes sense is because divorce was a solution before, so you're more readily to think about it again in subsequent marriages. And another reason is because when people jump from marriage to marriage to marriage, they usually never work on themselves because they're just jumping and they're bringing their problems and their brokenness and their growth areas to the next relationship and never really staying long enough in a relationship to work on themselves. So they just bring all that junk right into the next relationship and so now they have new problems. And that's one of the benefits of a covenant approach to marriage, which is more of a lifelong commitment because it gives you opportunity to work on yourself to work on your growth areas because marriage provides reflection and feedback like nothing else on the areas we need to improve in to become a better partner. So therefore, the longer you stay in a marriage, and if you can view marriage as a growth opportunity, the more feedback you're gonna get on how to become a better person, which will make you a better partner. The second marriage fact of the night, it says, don't put your marriage on hold while raising kids or you'll end up with an empty nest and an empty marriage. That is so true. And I've seen this a lot. You know, with couples I work with in my practice, one of them will say, you know, we have kids right now, so this is not the season for us to really prioritize our marriage. That comes later. Right now we need to take care of our kids. Now, I have four kids, so by all means, you wanna take good care of your kids. However, one of the best ways to take good care of your kids is to take care of your marriage because your kids need to see a healthy marriage, a strong marriage, a unified front, and that's not gonna happen by accident. So it's actually the reverse. One of the best things you can do for your kids is cultivate your marriage. And through that, you will make it through those tough parenting years, and then when your kids move out, then you will have each other in a good marriage instead of an empty nest and an empty marriage. So never fall for the lie that it's, it's okay for us to put our marriage on the back burner right now. Marriages don't last that are put on the back burner, whether it's for school, whether it's for kids, whether it's to take care of a, a, a sick relative. Anytime you put your marriage on the back burner, no matter what the reason, your marriage becomes at risk. Okay, the first marriage joke of the night. A man noticed his credit card stolen, but he never reported it because the thief was still spending much less than his wife. <laughs> so you may relate to that, or maybe in your marriage, the husband spends more, varies. So that's that can be funny for some people. The second joke says, the policeman speaks and says, 
I'm very sorry, ma'am, but it looks like your husband got hit by a bus. The woman says, I'm aware of that, but John has a wonderful personality. Okay, so the marriage message of the night. The marriage message is five ways to respond to a complaint. Okay, so I'm sure you've gotten complaints before in your marriage. I'm sure you've been on the receiving end of complaints. Maybe you've given those complaints. But today I'm going to go through five ways on how to respond if you're the one receiving a complaint. The first round of defense you want to do when you're on the receiving end of a complaint is empathize with your partner. It's going to be the opposite of what you feel like doing, but that's why it's the right thing to do. Normally in marriage, the opposite of what you feel like doing tends to be the right thing to do. Have you ever noticed that? And this is a good example. So when your partner is upset, let's say you've said something, you've hurt their feelings, something's gone on, and they bring it up to you, ideally, they're following the four steps of a soft startup. You can learn more about that on my website. But even if they don't, your job as the listener is to empathize. So empathy, a good statement for empathy is, I can see why you would feel this because of that. Or it makes sense to me that you would feel this because of that. Those are two phrases you should memorize because those are the best two empathy statements. Now, to clarify, and I've mentioned this elsewhere, empathy does not mean you agree because if that's what empathy is, you're going to barely be able to empathize. Instead, empathy is really losing yourself in your partner's world, and that includes several variables. One, what did they go through growing up? What were their highs, their lows, their emotional wounds? Two, what's their temperament? What makes them tick? Three, what's their value system? What's important to them? Four, what are their fillers that they need in this relationship to feel loved and satisfied? Fifth, you know, what's, what's their, their pressure points that they're going through in their life right now? You want to be thinking about each of those variables when your partner is telling their complaint to you because that will help you understand where they're coming from and why what happened made them feel that way. I actually was on the receiving end of a complaint from my wife this morning because I said something that hurt her feelings. And so when she was telling me it hurt her feelings, I had to remember what has she been through in her life? What is, what is her value system? What is her insecurities? What are her needs? What is her temperament? I had to be cognizant of all of those variables while I was listening because that helps me to put myself in her shoes and to empathize with how I made her feel. So that's empathy. It's when you really put yourself in your partner's shoes and see the situation from their perspective. Once you start doing that, you can always empathize no matter if you agree or not. The second thing, the second tip when you're on the receiving end of a complaint is don't defend yourself. That's going to be what you want to do. We all want to defend ourselves, especially when we feel falsely accused. We want to say, but, 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 you know, that's not what I meant, or that's not what I said, or that's not what happened. That's the worst thing you can do because that's like throwing salt on your partner's wound. When they're hurting or offended or frustrated, imagine they have a cut. And if you defend yourself, it's like throwing salt right in that cut. Okay, that's the last thing they want. Instead, they want you to empathize because that's like rubbing ointment on that cut. So try not to defend yourself. Try to keep those comments of why you did what you did to yourself. It doesn't matter right then. Okay, what matters is listening to their experience and trying to empathize with what they feel and why. Third thing to consider when you're receiving that complaint is don't share your side until they're ready. 
Okay, people make this mistake all the time. It's very easy to because we want to defend ourselves. This comes out of defensiveness, but we want to explain ourselves. We want to justify why we did what we did. We want to, we want to rationalize why what I said or did really shouldn't have hurt you the way it did. We want to share our side. And we do that way too soon. Okay, When your partner is first sharing their complaint, they don't want to hear your side right then. They want to feel validated. But instead, we get all you know, upset because we're feeling falsely accused and we get defensive and then we want to share our side. There's a time and place for you to share your side, but it's not in the beginning when your partner is upset. Right then is when you need to empathize and then you wait until they're relaxed and deflooded and then it provides opportunity for you to share your side. Fourth, the fourth thing you want to do when you're on the receiving end of a complaint is you want to offer action. So if all you do is empathize with your partner's complaints and you never make efforts to change, your empathy doesn't mean anything. But it's one of the most powerful one-two punches to provide empathy and then action. Empathy and then action. So you empathize with what they feel and then you do something about it. You offer amends. You, you suggest something you're going to start doing different moving forward so that this doesn't happen again. And then when you follow through, that's one of the most powerful ways to erase the hurt is if you change what you do so that you stop hurting your partner. If you empathize, but you just keep on hurting them in the same way, they bring it up and you empathize, but you keep doing it again and again, pretty soon your words are pointless. So let your actions speak louder than your words. Actually do something that's going to repair the fence, that's going to make amends for what you've done. The fifth thing to consider is that their experience of what happened matters most. Okay, so they're describing something you did. So my wife, for example, when she describes something I said that hurt her feelings, it doesn't necessarily matter if I think she's right or wrong. It doesn't matter what my experience was. It doesn't even really matter what my intent was. What matters is that I said something that hurt her feelings. And so her experience of me trumps everything on my side. Okay? And that's where we lose it in marriage because we digress into this debate between that's not what I said or that's not what I meant or that wasn't my intent. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that's how your partner experienced you. So you need to tend to it with gentleness and with carefulness and with empathy. Your experience of what happened is secondary. What's primary is how they experienced you. So those are the five things to consider when you're on the receiving end of a complaint. Number one is you want to empathize. Two is don't defend yourself. Three, don't share your side until they're ready to hear it. Four, offer action that you're going to follow through on to show that you are making amends. And fifth, their experience is what matters most. Okay, so I'm going to open it up to live Q&A now. So any questions that you have for me, any comments or questions on this, I'd be happy to respond to. Amy, I see your message. Uh, thanks for keeping us sane. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah, glad that you're finding uh, hope and hopefully some benefit from these programs every night on Facebook. So what else? Any other questions or comments on this topic or anything else? I'd be happy to respond. Okay, well, if other questions pop up later, as always, you can always message me or send me an email or type into the comment section of this video. I'd be happy to respond. 
Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps program. If you enjoyed the program tonight, be sure to leave a review and share it with your family and friends. The Marriage Steps program is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. And remember, your marriage is alive. So daily, consider how much you can grow it instead of neglecting and killing it. Take care.